Hi, this is Michael Glabicki of Rusted Root, and you're listening to the Iron City Rocks podcast. Episode 8 of the Iron City Rocks Podcast. The Iron City Rocks Podcast is a podcast devoted to promoting Pittsburgh-based hard rock, 
heavy metal, blues, rock, music. I'm your host, John. The song you just heard was a new single from Rusted Roots CD, Stereo Rodeo, called Dance in the Middle. I had an opportunity earlier this week, actually on Wednesday, May 27th, to sit down with Michael Glabicki and discuss Rusted Root and uh, some of their Pittsburgh influences and um, the future of the band. So without further ado, I give you the interview with Michael Glabicki. Online, we have Michael Glabicki from Rusted Root joining us. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about your new album and your background and things like that. Um, Michael, how would you say um, I, you were born and raised in the Pittsburgh area? Yes, I was. I was born in uh, the North Hills and then uh, moved to Florida for, for a few years and then came back when I was seven and grew up in Baldwin. Baldwin, okay. One of the things that has always kind of been of interest to me is how Rusted Root developed a pretty unique sound and a pretty diverse sound coming from Pittsburgh. You don't sound like a lot of other bands you hear from this area. You know, how, what would you True. say kind of developed your sound? Well, I think, um, I think, you know, I had a couple cousins that were in Squirrel Hill and, and, uh, near CMU and Pitt and, uh, hooked up with John Chernoff who was teaching African dr- drumming at, uh, at CMU. Uh, so the band at the time was called, uh, my one, my one cousin that taught me the drums. He, he uh, was playing in a band called the core, which is a reggae band back in, I guess the eighties. And then, um, my other cousin, uh, Francis, he, he was playing in between the beat, uh, which kind of comes and goes, whenever it wants to, but, uh, but they, uh, you know, they did a lot of interesting world beat kind of stuff. And, um, and then, you know, just, uh, you know, some of the festivals in, in Homewood and Homestead, uh, I, I can't remember cause I was just a kid, sure. but, you know, you know, some African drumming groups would come through there and African dance. And I was, I would, I would witness it and kind of, it seemed normal to me, you know, it, it, I know it, it was different for Pittsburgh, but for, from my experience, what, what I was involved in, it kind of fit in and, and was normal. And, um, and then, uh, you know, I was, you know, I was listening to Iron Maiden and Black Sabbath and Van Halen, like everybody else was growing some up. Some of your more typical Pittsburgh influence type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then like Peter Gabriel came out, was so and you know had had, had all that drumming influence on it. Oh, and although although I kind of I heard what <clears throat> what I could do with with that influence, you know, I wasn't kind of like I didn't go like wow I want to sound like that. It's kind of like just the idea of using African per, per, percussion and making it accessible to people like that was like, wow, I could do, I know I could do that in a, in a completely different way, a more aggressive and almost like a more punk way. Right. I think, you know, when we were getting started, we was kind of, kind of had this world beat punk folk kind of attitude, you know, it was. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that was one thing I remember. I was in college at the time that you guys kind of broke, broke it wide open and it was kind of like nobody else sounded like you, you know, nationally even. You know, the whole grunge thing was kind of going on, and everybody was kind of mopey. And you guys came out with songs like Rain and things like that. I was, like, really blown away by the, the just diversity in your music. And I remember thinking, God, I'd hate to have to travel with as many instruments as you guys are performing on. 
<laughs> really. Yeah. Well, also too, we we um, we ended up hooking up with um, <clears throat> some some bands up in upstate New York for the Blue Heron Festival. We would play at that, and the Grassroots Festival in Ithaca. We would play there, and there was a lot of fiddle, you know a lot of fiddle influence, a lot of bluegrass. Um, yeah, influence going on up there, and and then there were like bands doing weird things with it, like the Horseflies. So we were kind of we kind of got inspired by that too. Um, so yeah, I, I think, think that helped develop a, a second layer to our our sound. Yeah, and I think maybe that might be one of the things that have kept uh, Rusted Root relevant all these years is you didn't sound like an Iron Maiden tribute band or a Black Sabbath tribute band. Um, right. A couple other. Um, things on your your new record Stereo Rodeo, and for the listeners that don't uh, know, Rusted Root released what was it, about two or three weeks ago. Stereo Rodeo came out. Yeah, we released it on May fifth. Um, a little more electric guitar in my sensing in that record, or is that would that yeah, be your take? Quite, quite a bit more. Um, we added two electric guitars to the band. Uh, okay. Coulter Harper uh, is one, and Dirk Miller is the other. Okay. And you uh, do you play acoustic guitar primarily? Primarily, yeah. And then I play uh, electric on I think one song on the record. Okay. Yeah, and I noticed. I mean, it's not. I wouldn't say a wild departure, but it was just noticeably more present than in some of your older discs. Um, yeah. Now it was what seven years between releases for you from Welcome to the Party. Welcome to my party and uh, Stereo Rodeo. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. did, did you guys continue to, to make music together, or was it more everyone was kind of doing their own thing? Or you know, um, we we continued to to be out touring um, off and on, but then we would take breaks just for people to do their their solo projects, and I would be out doing doing my solo project. Um, okay. So. But then in in the middle of that too, we put out a, a double live record, double CD, right. and that was a lot of work. So we were keeping yeah. definitely keeping busy. Yeah, the um, and this one on Stereo Rodeo, you guys did a cover of uh, Suspicious Minds, and this wasn't the first cover you guys did. I think you did a um, Rolling Stones cover on one of your other other discs. Was it the Rusted Root CD? Yeah. Um, was were you a big Elvis fan, or just particularly interested in that song, or? Someone did it on interested, just really interested in that song. It was it was always like a uh, a song that was very sort of I was mystified by because it, on paper the chords and the, the lyrics didn't really seem like much, but when you heard the song, it had such a unique emotion to it, such an impact on, on me mm-hmm. that I, I was just like, wow, this is there's something weird going on here, and so yeah. I was always. Always into checking it out. So we were at a sound check on tour, and I started playing it, just strumming the chords, mm-hmm. and um, everybody just kind of started coming in and playing on it. And uh, I looked back at the drummer and said, "Hey, play a Latin beat to this." And then, then we ended up playing it that night, and it was a huge hit with the crowd. So we, yeah, we I, sort of had to put it on the record. Yeah, I remember when I when I first listened to the album, that one really stood out to me. Um, do you do most of the songwriting primarily, or is yeah. it kind of a jam sort of mentality, or how do you, how do you go about putting a song together? Well, um, on this record, I, I wrote a lot of songs for my my solo tour, 
And, um, you know, a lot of them were written to, to go out and play acoustic in front of audiences, um, which was real different. So, um, you know, I was able to, to sort of find dynamics that were that were different and unusual. And then at one point I went like, wow, this has done really good with Rust to Root if we could achieve this, this sort of quieter dynamic with Rusted Roots, loud, aggressive, sort of more punky attitude. Um, and and I think we achieved that on, on the album. Um, but then there were songs like, like Driving, for example, where <clears throat> that was started by Coulter, who started playing on the tambourine on stage, and, and we all just kind of fell into this 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 jam. Um, but pretty much every other song uh, was written, you know, primarily on acoustic guitar and, and solo. Okay, cool. Um, do you still live in the Pittsburgh area? I do. I live in Lawrenceville. Okay. And um, is Rusted Root at this point in your career a full-time job still? I notice you have a very aggressive touring schedule this summer, but, you know, is this your full-time gig still? Well, yeah, and I think coming back and, and achieving what we achieved on this record, um, you know, I, I think it, it proved to us that that there's it's, – it's, well, it's, I guess it feels to us that, like we're just getting started. So yeah. I think uh, there's, a, there's a renewed energy to the band, and um, I'm writing the, the, the – the next record right now on, on breaks, you know, just to mm-hmm. I get back back to the Lawrenceville and, and just sort of lock myself up <laughs> until we get back out on tour again, so I can write the next record. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're 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 back and we're gonna hit it. You know, we're gonna try to get hopefully you know five records out in the next six years. You know. Yeah, I noticed the special looking at your itinerary for the summer. I mean, you're all over the you know, in the entire United States, um, doing festivals and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. Would you say the Internet, I mean, this is kind of something that, I mean, you guys kind of came into your own a little bit before the Internet kind of took off. Would you say the Internet has been a, a blessing or a curse? I mean, and, and let me phrase the question. You know, a, lo- a lot of the bands that have been on the podcast so far have been unsigned bands. So, you know, get a laptop, get a good sound card, and you can start making music tonight. Uh, and get it out on MySpace and get thousands of listeners. But a band, um, you know, professional band where you're you're worried about album sales, obviously, and things like that. Is it more of a curse that that there's so many other bands out there that can spew out music so quickly, and uh, on on the other side of the equation, people can steal your album so easily? I mean, is uh, it? Um, yeah, well, I, it, it. I don't think it matters to us, you know, because. We're we're sort of troubadours in the sense that we get out and we tour and we sort of conquer with our tour bus and you know get out on stages and that's that's primarily what we do. I mean that's sort of that's sort of like ninety nine percent of our foundation as far as record right. sales go. We don't we don't really make yeah, I mean, money off of that anyhow. So we've never really made money off of that. So. If we if we can go out if if the internet allows us to go out and tour more then then that accomplishes yeah. what what we need. Yeah, I would say that in that case it's probably a blessing because I mean you've got things like I, I know you guys are on Twitter and MySpace and you know you're reaching an audience that may not 
go to the local FYE and pick up a CD, but they can still enjoy your songs, come out to the shows, and have a great time. Um, speaking exactly. of shows, the, this past Monday, you guys were at the Fallen Heroes Tribute, um, had kind of a unique uh, lemonade stand, if I understand correctly. Can you tell us what, what happened there? Well, we, we knew it was going to be hot, and uh, we, are, we're, we also wanted a way to sort of connect the people in a very real sense. A lot of people, you know, think we're this big national band or whatever, and, and I, I guess in a way we are, but our, our connection has always been to the grassroots and to people, in a, in a, you know, a very real connection with people. And, and once that starts to go away, we start to get really lost. And perhaps that's why we needed to take, you know, seven years to make this record is kind of find our bearings again, you know, but right. Um, the lemonade stand was just sort of like the, the best ideas are the simplest ideas. And, um, right. you know, people, people were standing a hundred yards away, re- looking at our sign going rusted root, uh, stereo rodeo, organic acoustic lemonade. I, what does that mean? And, and came yeah. walking over and we're like, Hey, wow, this is great. You know, great to meet yeah. you guys. And, and, you know, signed our mailing list and, and, and got a CD, you know, so it was, it was sort of a great way to, to connect with people. Yeah. And a really great cause as well. And the whole event, uh, from what I heard went, went off very, very well. Um, just uh, one thing that's been bugging me, I think, for close to 15 years now. Maybe you can answer this question, or maybe you want to keep it a secret. Um, I'm sure everyone's familiar with the track, Send Me On My Way. At the end of the first verse, you make, there's a line in there that I've never been able to understand what you're saying. And I've went on to a couple different websites, uh, lyric websites that have quoted it completely different. Um, <laughs> uh, from Bubbity Say, Bubbity Yam, to Nobody Safe, Nobody On, uh, another website said you were saying, you know what they say about the young. Can you clear up that mystery for me, or is, is that a uh, is that a going to take that one to your grave? <laughs> well, the, the, yeah, there's an interesting way that that came about. Um, you know, I was when I when I started writing songs, it was it was a very uh, meditative thing t- for me, so. Mm-hmm. I would, I would not be too inspired by other influences. I would try to, try to create something new, mm-hmm. get out there and out there enough that it would come up from my feet and come out of my mouth, right? So, right. And, and then also knowing that that lyrics are different because they have sound and tone underneath them, and they sure. have different meanings. So sometimes you could just make a tone with your with with your mouth and, and it would have an effect on people. And that's the prime example because I, I would, I would tend to write that way. I would, I would come up with these tones or this chant or this, this, whatever uh-huh. sounds came out of my mouth. And then later I would put, they would turn in the lyrics or not. Okay. Well, that, that particular line was, was a line that never turned in the lyric. Okay. <laughs> I'd always, I'd always assumed it was kind of a scat thing, you know, cause I ever, you know, I was kind of into jazz and things like that myself. And I, I kind of thought that's what that was. And I, I've listened to that song, you know, half a million times, it seems. And I never could put words to it. But then I just out of curiosity went to some websites and they were quoting actual words. I'm like, this isn't what I'm hearing, but maybe I've never heard it, you know. Um, just w- one last question. I, I know Rusted Root has been probably almost all over the world with many different acts. 
Have there been any uh, shows that you guys have done? I, I know you've worked with uh, Page and Plant and Santana and, and some really big names. Uh, shows that you said, "Wow, this is this is great. I've made I've made it now. I'm performing on the same stage on the same night with this person or anyone that really intimidated you to have to go on stage before or after." Um. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Santana was was completely open as a human and and was a completely spiritual creature. He would. You know, mm-hmm. the first night we showed up, we were just, like, getting our, our gear unpacked and weren't even, like, ready to really be in, engaged at all. He was like, come on up on stage. <laughs> we, like, ran up on yeah. stage and, like, plugged in and, and started playing, you know. And that night we were on stage with Santana for, like, six songs, and all six songs we had never heard before. Yeah. And I think even even some of the songs he played his own band had not heard of. So, yeah. um it was it was and yeah it was completely intimidating <laughs> but yet it was he was opening up something that that he 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 was he was almost like so in control of it because he knew us he was able to look at us and see what kind of musicians we were he heard the music he knew where our our strengths were so he kind of picked these songs that he knew we could we could do but he also knew that we were going to be completely scared with you know, 20,000 people looking on. And at yeah. one point he actually like pointed at me and went, take a solo. And he, and he walked off stage and lit a cigar. Oh, and, <laughs> and so the spotlight came on me for like, for like ever. And, or like what seemed like ever. And then he like, oh, I can imagine. Cigar and came out. Bars. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's... It was, it was, it was nuts. Yeah. I've often wondered that, you know, seeing, seeing you guys with the, page and plan and things like that. I mean, what a trip that would be to just, you know, know you're up there in the same league and in front of the same crowd as those guys. Um, I think that's about all I had questions for. I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk to us today. Um, how can people uh, catch up with you on the net? Um, I know you have your own website. Um, yeah, we have our MySpace, and, and our, my, our website is uh, RustyRoot.com. Um just yeah, just go there. That you can you can sign our you know get our um, on our mailing list there, and we have free downloads. We have uh, um, a way to join our street team. We have uh, some some videos to look at. There's a video of us going to the studio because uh, we we start off at a studio in New York, and mm-hmm. uh, our truck broke down, and we're on the side of the road playing music for about 13 hours there. Um, so there's a video of that, you know, just, just check it out, man. All right. Thank you so much, Michael. You have a great day. You bet. Thanks.
song also from the Stereo Rodeo album was called Bad Sun. The next song you're going to hear is a song called Crucible Glow with the final track uh, on today's show. Also from Stereo Rodeo, if you get a chance and would like to buy the CD, uh, there's links on the ironcityrocks.com website and as uh, Michael mentioned, also on rustedroot.com you can find out a ton more information on the band. Hope you enjoyed this interview. Um, if you have any uh, feedback on the show and like to send us an email, you can do so at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. You can check out our website at www.ironcityrocks.com. We're also on MySpace and uh, now on Twitter. All those links can be found on the website. So hope you enjoy the show, and we'll see you next time. Take care.
And prayers of the band were uninspired Prayers of the band light on the killing floor I've come a long way to tap this wire 